0: Welcome to the Pro-AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. If you've ever attended or hosted an event that utilized a live stream or video conference, you might have had to sit through a minute or two of troubleshooting. As live streaming and personal broadcasting become more common, the industry faces a new need for AV professionals to also be IT experts. Here to talk to us about the convergence of AV and IT, and other emerging trends in the AV industry is Jesse Miller, Chief Technical Officer at Midtown Video. How are you today, Jesse?
1: I'm doing great, Landon, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well, thanks for joining us. I was wondering if you could describe to me what it is that your company does, and I was particularly intrigued by the way that you described your company as boutique-like.
1: Sure. There's actually been a trend in the pro AV industry towards growth and acquisition, Midtown Video remains a boutique AV integration firm, meaning we're small and nimble enough to handle clients that call with their pants on fire and need, you know, Disney World right now. We like to get creative. We like to be very custom. Every client gets their own site survey and a boutique design just to suit exactly their needs versus, you know, another approach that might want to reuse as much design as possible in every future design.
0: Can you give me an example of um, a pants on fire situation that you've had to deal with?
1: Sure. One client called us up with an emergency. They were flying to Menlo Park in two weeks in order to present a proof of concept method of streaming to Facebook to be done on Facebook's campus. Two weeks was one of the shortest turnaround times that we ever had to do it, considering we had to get the engineers at NewTek to build a special one-to-one or even vertical aspect ratio. You know, you can do it from your cell phone, sure, but these guys had to do it from a $50,000 TriCaster, you know, and present it to essentially the people who are leading the way in live streaming at the moment. So that's a pants on fire example I'd like to offer.
0: So you've been in this business for a while now. And I was wondering, with live streaming, what was it originally used for or most commonly used for? And have you seen any sort of changes um, with the way that it's being used?
1: So that's a that's a great question. Uh, When we first got into live streaming, the best way to get it done or what everyone's original idea was, is they would stream to like a private CDN and embed a, a player on their website. So, for instance, you go to midtownvideo.com slash live and you'd watch our live stream. I feel like lately YouTube and Facebook have become such popular outlets that it's no longer about how do we stream live to our website, but it's how do we stream live to Instagram, to Facebook, where our viewers, where our social media participants are already watching right? Versus how do we enhance the website that we're offering with live video? Now it's about how do I bring my live video to the uh, public forum, as it were, that people are already at. So we've been watching with some bated breath, right? As Facebook finally allowed 1080 live streaming on their platform. For for the longest time, it was only 720. And every time I'd run a live Facebook, I would say, sorry, you'll have to accept our apology, guys. We're streaming live on Facebook who only allows 720 but now youtube is offering 4k streaming and you know there's there's really cool advances to that which makes it very difficult for smaller organizations you know broadcasting live on the internet sort of democratized video delivery you don't have to rent time on a satellite you don't have to buy time on cable television or to be a hit show everybody can stream live on the internet something cool about the internet is it's duplex it's full duplex communication so for instance on this television show we delivered to facebook with tattoo artists we were responding in real time to facebook polls where we said things like hey here's four tattoos audience why don't you vote on which tattoo the recipient should get and in real time we're tabulating these online poll results and the contestant the losing contestant walked out of there with the tattoo as voted on by the facebook public Um, additionally we're having guests that are no longer appearing just in the studio or live via satellite, but we'll bring in a Skype guest. In fact, NewTek has a whole line of pretty expensive equipment designed to integrate Skype into the television production facility. So that um, you know, there's a lot of complex stuff there: return audio channels. You know, are you feeding the far side Skype viewer your laptop camera anymore? No, you're going to feed them. The program camera that's aimed at your host so that if, you know, everybody's getting this immersive experience, including the far side Skype call in guest. I'm talking about real interactive media consumption where the viewer is also the participant more than just chat rooms, more than just online polls, but actually participating in the creation of the media that gets delivered you know, whether it's on Facebook or or YouTube or where have you.
0: Is it possible to use multiple cameras when you're live streaming using Instagram or Facebook? Okay, great
1: question. Yes, Midtown Video happens to be the experts at introducing multicam production to live streaming to Facebook. Instagram's a different thing at the moment. Instagram, I haven't found yet a sort of an encoder outside of a cell phone that allows you to produce live video going to Instagram. Facebook, on the other hand, just like YouTube and other CDNs, has given producers the opportunity to sort of stream from any device that can encode video. So we have produced and built television production facilities for clients whose exclusive goal is to stream live on Facebook. In fact, we've done television shows on Facebook's video uh, delivery platform, Facebook Watch, which had no other audience but being live on Facebook. And I mean, these guys were flying in a standards and practices representative. They rented a profanity delay system. And you know every Friday for eight weeks, they were spending a lot of money on big TV television show budget style production for these live Facebook streams. It's, it's impressive how far this has come. One other new trend is the delivery of video over the IP networks. And not just in a point-to-point way over a single Ethernet cable anymore. Now we've got routable video, right? We've got several encoders that sit on the network, several decoders attached to displays that sit on the network. And each device is a multicast device. Rather than point-to-point, it's a true broadcast. And we're using the network switches to route you know, each source or, or sources to their end displays. So that's something new. Um, not that new, right? And if you're a big network buff, it's not new at all, but we're moving from unicast to multicast in the AV industry that's already resident on the IT networks. Two really good examples of this. Our buddies at Crestron have launched their NVX line. Now, they're certainly not first to market, right? We had Just Ad Power was doing it. I, I know Christie's got that Phoenix line. I know Evert's has a solution, but when Crestron steps in, you know, organizations like Midtown Video's ears perk up. And we've certainly adopted the NVX multicast approach to AV over IT. And when NewTek started talking about NDI, so this is a new protocol that allows you to use any computer as a source, any monitor, you know, any computer as a monitor also. And it bundles, kind of like HD Base T promised, it bundles audio, video, Power and control on a single cable. I can put a couple of NewTek's or even Panasonic's or PTZ Optics's NDI enabled robotic cameras onto the same switch as my Tricaster. Just run one cable to each one of those cameras. I don't even have to hire an electrical contract contractor to put in an AC outlet anymore where those cameras are located. My Tricaster, my network switch, my NDI enabled devices, and I'm streaming in a multi-camera high-definition solution. And so. Our, our manufacturers are really pushing this. They're helping our integrators along. They're offering us training. They're introducing us to these multicast protocols, and they're helping us step away from that single point-to-point unicast mindset into this new you know, uh, network-switched AV over IP multicast paradigm. That is a big change in the AV industry. It takes a little getting used to, but we're, we're really starting to, to surf that wave.
0: What type of businesses are you seeing that are partnering with you to use this type of video equipment, whether it is streaming or press conferences?
1: You know, there are some traditional corporate organizations that want to, you know, stream their CEO addresses or or their training schedules. But we're seeing folks, uh, even in the fitness industry, sort of the the Peloton method where you can have a virtual personal trainer and tune in every day from your den (laughs) watching the, in watching the instructor go through the exercises that they want you to perform and you're just streaming it live in your home, right? That's, that's a really cool experience. We've seen an energy drink company want to build a television studio for streaming to Facebook. Just a lot of it is about engagement with your client or your fan base. A lot of it is about education. If somebody's got a story to tell or, or a class to offer, the internet has democratized delivery of that content. So, those are some of the more interesting ones. Of course, everybody loves to stream a, a concert or a comedy TV show on the internet. That is a great place to flex your multi camera production muscle and, you know, really, really rack up the view counts.
0: Now, something that I thought was pretty interesting about your company was that you teach people how to use the equipment um, that they're going to be working with. Is that correct?
1: Certainly. Education is critical to customer adoption. If we give somebody a very sophisticated system, we'd better offer some sophisticated training. Otherwise, it'll be an unused system, right? I definitely find that our colleagues and competitors include a training component with system delivery. I don't know that everybody does it, and it's there's a difference between doing it and doing it well, but we offer some remote services. When we put together a streaming studio, often. The components serve up their own web pages. so all I really need to do to access my clients' entire system is to team viewer in to one of their laptops. Then I have access to their IP cameras or their IP resident control system or their network encoders that stream the video and if, if they need a, a little walkthrough, we can handle that without ever, you know without having to roll a truck. Something else that we do in the educational component is we, we like to use the stuff right? We're not just selling and installing it, but we have a conference room where we engage in conferences. We build TV studios. And so for five years, we ran a live television show on the internet about how to build a TV studio and how to broadcast it on the internet. While that particular show is out of production, we are still hitting Facebook and YouTube with live streams about tutorials on how to get the latest gear to stream our clients' content to Facebook, to YouTube. So we're, we're constantly using the stuff that we are offering to our clients.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges that your business faces?
1: One of the biggest challenges is attracting and retaining top talent. I'm sure a lot of my colleagues in the AV industry know what I'm talking about. Um, it turns out our business, although there are standards, right? Although there are certain things that everybody's kind of got to know in a, in a base knowledge. Just like Midtown Video is a very boutique integration firm, this industry is so creative that you're you're sort of reinventing the wheel with every new project. So the the key really is training people well and maintaining a a company culture that keeps them engaged and wanting to stick around. Because you can't just go recruit somebody that knows how to do all your custom projects. You you can only do your n plus one best project with your team that you did the first N projects with. I just find it much easier to train than to hire for the skill sets that we need. And and, and that takes a long time and a big investment. And it also challenges the management, right? To, to be worthy of maintaining the top talent.
0: And what is it that you're having to train people to do? Is it things that are just specific to you, or is it things that people in the industry haven't caught up to?
1: Well, that's that's a tough question. I'll give you a couple of ideas. But the buzzword for the last 10 years has been the convergence of AV and IT, right? So uh, to find salespeople that understand and technicians that implement and project managers that are flexible to run that line of, you know, (laughs) asking your customers for permission to be on their network and then having the wherewithal to, you know, to speak that network language. When all you're really trying to do is send an HDMI signal, right? All we want to do is hang a monitor, but but you can't just do that anymore. Now you've got to be on a multicast router, and you either have to know how to configure it, or you have to to be able to communicate with the IT department at your client to explain to them how to configure it to host your AV content. So 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 that convergence, every, we've known for years, it's been coming, right? But how well prepared are we really? You got to either take an IT guy and train him AV. Take an AV guy or gal and train them on IT, um, or you've got to have a company that really molds the two together very well.
0: You're right. We've known it for a while, but it's it's hard to catch up with that. Usually people are experts in, in one or the other.
1: We always had to flirt with IT. So as an AV integrator to build somebody's conference room, we always had to know The internet is where you have video conferences, right? And as a control processor integrator, if you've got a touch panel on the wall and you expect it to control your projector and your screen and your volume on your digital signal processor, there's going to be a network switch somewhere. But now that video is being switched as multicast Now you definitely have, you know, we're we're waist deep in it now. There's no there's no denying it anymore. You can't just hold your nose and ask your best friend to to assign you some IP addresses. Now you've really got to know what you're talking about, and you know you might have to create a VLAN on your client's network or something like this. So while while it was there already, the emergence of the multicast paradigm has really deepened the need for IT uh, uh, fluency in the AV industry. And there's a new precipice we're about to fall off the side of of now, because we've all been in this mode of selling projects, you know, like, here's a rack, let me sell you this rack, buy it with capital expenditure. And sure, we'll come out and service it on your operational expenditure. but, But just like IT industry went, quote unquote, as a service. The AV industry, really, that's its next step. It's to be delivered as a service, where the client doesn't have to just buy a rack anymore, right? They can put this all into their yearly expense budget and say, "Hey, I need an I need a refresh in my conference room." So, so it's a it's upon us now to you know figure out how they can easily finance it instead of having to pay a hundred thousand now. Let them let them pay it off over time, like like a lease, in order to uh, amortize right the expense. And at the same time, keep the AV integrator engaged so that we're going out there every month or we're remotely addressing them every month, you know, to to get even more efficient with our time and and training them every month. You know, (laughs) so to deliver AV as a service, we need to be telling clients like, look, we checked the data on your conference rooms and it looks like most of your meetings are really six people are attending and not 20 people so maybe the next three conference rooms you build instead of three 20-person conference rooms why don't you build 10 six-person conference rooms since we've crunched the data for you and, and we can really optimize your next spend and then again we have to turn around and make it not a capital expense but an amortized operational expense that their budgets can handle and digest more easily Maybe a couple of years down the road, the new approach will be how well ingrained, how, you know, that's a measure of the longevity of your relationship with your customer is not how many conference rooms you build for them, but how many years you've had all their conference room business. So, so making that sort of development is that's what's on the, that's what's on the experimental bench here at Midtown is trying to figure out how to really give our clients the most out of their relationship with us versus trying to sell them project after project in an
0: incremental way. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. It's really been a pleasure. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcast articles and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.